Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. We are starting a brand new series today called Breathe, and it's about the precious Holy Spirit. So won't you stand with me? Won't you just close your eyes and just lift your hands in in an attitude of receiving and humility, just surrender. And won't you just breathe? Just breathe in his presence this morning. And won't you just pray this after me? Come Holy Spirit, I lay my heart open before you, give me ears to hear what it is you are saying to me this morning, don't let me leave here unchanged, but help me, help me hear the word, help me receive it. And help me hold on to it. I give you permission to do whatever you need to do in my heart. And then just breathe. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. So as we kick off this series about the Holy Spirit, the Lord has a word for you and I, and that is to come back to partnership with his Holy Spirit and reliance upon his power alone. Come back to partnership with his Spirit and reliance upon his power alone. You see, when Jesus ascended, he gave you and I the greatest partner. I've titled this message, The Greatest Partnership. And not just any partner, he's the third co-equal person of the triune Godhead. He is God himself. And so important is this partnership That Jesus says this in John 16, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Imagine that. Imagine Jesus saying to us, it's to your advantage that I leave you. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. This is how it was always meant to be. We are supposed to be in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then he told us why we need this partnership. In John 16, the Spirit guides us into all the truth. 
He speaks whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. He, he will disclose to you and I what is to come in the future. And he will take from what is the Lord Jesus Christ's and give it to us. You see, we can't do life without him. So much so that Jesus, after giving his commission to the disciples, says, but don't go anywhere. Don't even start until you are clothed with power from on high. You see, Jesus knew by personal experience that we cannot do what God has called us to do. We cannot do our personal lives as Christ followers without utter dependence upon the power of the Spirit. And by doing this, Jesus placed you and I in the greatest partnership that we could ever have. And thereby, he gave us full access to the power of God. You see, the power of God is only available through partnership with the Holy Spirit. You will not find the power of God anywhere else on this earth. Yet, this partnership lies largely neglected, dormant, and inactive in our personal lives and in our gatherings. Warren Worsby said, the Holy Spirit could leave this earth and disappear, and most churches wouldn't notice it. Would you and I notice if he left our lives? if he left our church. You see, we visit this partnership at various times and for various lengths of time, but largely, this partnership lies inactive in our lives. So what has happened? Why does the Lord have to remind you and I today to come back to partnership with my spirit? and reliance upon his power alone. There's two things the Lord wants to share with us this morning. One is that we've forgotten to use the key that unlocks partnership with the Holy Spirit. And secondly, there are loud competing interests drawing us away from partnership with him. So let's touch on the first one. You see, the Holy Spirit needs more than your relationship. Yes, that's the starting point. Can never have partnership with the Holy Spirit if you don't have a relationship through salvation by making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. But that was a means to an end. It wasn't the end. The Holy Spirit needs more than your relationship. He needs your cooperation. Look at the definition of cooperation. It's the process of working together toward the same end. This means 
we are supposed to be doing teamwork with the Holy Spirit. Not now and again, not once a month or once every six months or once a year or God forbid, once every five years, but every day, all of the time. He needs your ongoing cooperation. This matter of partnership in cooperation with God is the very essence of our salvation. We find it throughout the scriptures. Men and women called at different times into partnership to cooperate with God's divine purposes. In partnership, the triune Godhead created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. In partnership, God governed the garden with Adam and Eve, but they sinned. And with the fall, they literally fell out of cooperation with God. They chose a different partnership. God's subsequent redemptive plan unfolds upon this theme of partnership. Abraham, Moses, Mary, you can think of so many. And God starts with one man, Abraham. He says, will you cooperate with me? Will you leave what you're doing? Will you cooperate with me? And through one man, it was God's chosen means to the end of having an entire nation, Israel, in cooperation with God's plans and purposes. That nation fell out of cooperation with God. And it was a type and a shadow of the Messiah and the kingdom of God. Because through one man who cooperated with God, Jesus of Nazareth, God now has an ever-increasing body of believers. We are supposed to be in cooperation with his plans and purposes. This is God's end, that you and I would be in cooperation with him. Jesus demonstrated this for you and I. In John 5, he says, whatever I see the Father do, that I do. Whatever I hear the Father say, that I say. Jesus was the epitome of cooperation. And if Jesus, the second person, of the triune Godhead, could not fulfill his God-given commission here on earth without the Holy Spirit. What makes you and I think we can? You see, the value in the help of the Holy Spirit is only unlocked and realized through our ongoing cooperation. Why do so many of us not cooperate with him regularly? because we haven't experienced the value of his partnership through cooperation. We will only experience it when we say, I will cooperate, when we turn into that partnership. This is how it was always supposed to be. This was normal Christian life. The early church did not try and do anything without leaning entirely upon the power of the Holy Spirit which is the power of God made available to you and I. Cooperation implies action 
You can't work together with someone who is idle and passive. Let me demonstrate this for you, Pastor Simon. Imagine that I am the Holy Spirit, and this ball represents every thought, every plan, every purpose God has for your life, which is in the Father. The Bible tells us clearly that the Holy Spirit has full access to all of that. He takes what is in the Father, and he gives it to us. So here I am, the Holy Spirit, and I'm wanting to give Pastor Simon what is in the Father for him right now. Now we have cooperation. Now I give him the next step. Okay, now I can give him the next step. We're in cooperation. But then the ball doesn't come back. And sometimes it's even dropped and it's forgotten. (laughs) So now is the Holy Spirit here where I am. Come on, Simon. I need your partnership. Come on. Come on, Simon. So busy right now. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Simon. This is the breakthrough you're crying out to God for. It's here. I've got the next step for you. Come on. I need you to cooperate with me. Come on, Simon. What's up, status? Come on, Simon. Pick up the ball. Come on, Simon. Work with me. Yes. Now I can give you the next Hallelujah. breakthrough. <laughs> Have we dropped the ball in our cooperation with him? Please think very carefully now. Let us have ears to hear what it is the Spirit of God is saying to us. Where have we dropped the ball in our partnership with him? Are we reliable partners? Will we keep giving it back? Or are we crying out, desperate, fasting, praying, going to counseling, going to prayer meetings, but we've left the ball on the floor and all he wants is you to throw it back. He has all the answers. Man does not have the answers for you. Let us come back to partnership with his spirit. And reliance upon his power alone. Why is the Lord saying to us, come back to reliance upon my power alone? What other powers are you and I relying on that are not him? You see, our responsibility as fivefold ministers is yes to encourage you, is yes to exhort you, but we must also warn you. We must teach you the whole counsel of God. It's our God-given responsibility, even when it's inconvenient, uncomfortable, and offends us. We must hear the whole counsel of God. Jesus said in John 6, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. We don't find life and spirit anywhere else. So I want to warn you this morning, by the spirit, the enemy of God does not want you cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And he will do everything he can 
to put competing interests in your path? As a believer, yes. In the church, yes. Jesus warns us very clearly about it in Matthew 13 in the parable of the wheat and the weeds. We are the wheat. And he tells us very clearly that the enemy comes and sows weeds among us. And these weeds are growing up with us. And they will remain until the end. And he tells us to be watchful. He warns us about those weeds. So as I was waiting on God for this word, he gave me a vision and he showed me three weed areas that are powers you and I are relying on instead of the Holy Spirit. And he gave me a vision of a corridor. And at the end of this corridor was a closed door. And this corridor is our relationship with him. And the closed door at the end of the corridor represents the partnership with the Holy Spirit. But that door was closed. It was shut. And he showed me along the the side of the corridor three other doors that were open, full of activity. People coming in, people going out. These are believers. And showed me that these are the three powers that we are relying on that prevent us from getting to that closed door of the Holy Spirit, partnership and cooperation with him. The first one is the power of self. You see, we've got really good at developing our self-life. This generation has got access to unlimited resources to strengthen our soul life. There are many sciences that support this endeavor. We can get self-help for anything. Anything we need, we can get self-help for it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that as a whole, but it has impacted our life as believers and our gathering. We are becoming more and more accustomed to relying on our highly developed soul life than on the Spirit of God. And as a result, we've experienced a loss of His power. God's power, not only in our own lives, but in our church. Quick check-in. Just how much do you and I depend on the Holy Spirit every day? Just how much of what you and I do in and for him is done leaning entirely upon the arm of the Holy Spirit. How much of our self-reliance are we using? The second door that was full of activity was the power of sensationalism. This is a trend in the church towards prioritizing the seismic, hair-raising, thrilling events, moves of the Spirit, the manifestations over the mundane, the routine, 
and the basics. We don't even have a palate for the milk of the word anymore. You see, God arranged a meeting with Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Elijah was hiding in a cave. And God says to him, come out, I want to talk to you. And then Elijah heard this strong rushing wind that was smashing rocks outside on the mountain. And Elijah says, God is not in that. And he waits. And then there's this earthquake. Shakes the whole earth. And Elijah says, God is not in that. And then there's fire. And Elijah says, God is not in that. And then Elijah hears a low whisper. I don't know what a low whisper sounds like. But I I reckon it's really, really, really low. And he says, that's God. And he steps out of the cave and has his meeting with God. You see, the power of sensationalism prioritizes the seismic, the earthquake, the fire, the strong winds over the low whisper of God. When last did you hear the low whisper of God? This plays out in every area of our faith life. But the Lord wants me to highlight specifically the prophetic today. We chase the wild factor prophecies. Those are the ones that are on our wall, on our fridge. The one that says you're going to rule and reign over cities. I'm going to give you so much power and authority. We love. But the low whisper kind of prophetic words that talk to the basics, the routine, the taking that one talent that we got to turn over every day in faithfulness to get to that place of 10, those we shelve. Those we ignore because it doesn't carry the wow factor. Beloved, we should be truly concerned that if the Lord doesn't move in earthquakes, smashing rock winds and fire, we will miss him completely. See, when the Pharisees kept asking Jesus for a sign, he said a wicked generation seeks after a sign. Why? Because Jesus is the miracle. And he was standing right in front of them. And today, for you and I, the miracle lives within us. By the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to chase the miracles. He lives within us. Do we place more value on the earthquake, the fire, than we do on the low whisper of God? That was a very busy door in the vision the Lord gave me. The third one is the wisdom of men. Jim Simbala of Brooklyn Tabernacle says this, instead of Holy Spirit anointed preaching, 
we have an invasion of clever communicators. It's being reinforced by publications and conferences where the clever communicator who is organized with just the right illustration or visual or joke at the right time is lauded. But there's very little sense of a holy transcendent God. People go home talking more about the preacher than they do about the awesomeness of God. There's truth in this statement. Let's just look at the trends in the church today. I heard a man who has a big church and a big following. If I said his name, you would know him. Being referred to as this generation's greatest preacher. And the auditorium went wild with applause and whistles and praise. This generation doesn't need the greatest preacher. We need the greatest partner. And that's the Holy Spirit. We need a demonstration of his spirit and his power. Not a demonstration of the wisdom of men. The only reason any preacher can be labeled great is because of the power of God in them. We are the clay vessel, marred. The treasure is within. The focus has shifted to the skills and the wisdom of man. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I just want to stop there. We need to be following the crucified Jesus. Not the cultural Jesus. Not the denominational Jesus. The crucified Jesus. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Who are we resting our faith in? The wisdom of men? Great preachers? Big churches? Or the power of God? Are we in partnership with great preachers? Do we follow them more than we follow the Spirit of God? You see, the danger of doing Christianity without leaning and depending entirely upon the power of the Holy Spirit is that our faith will rest in the wisdom of men. And really, really, do we want that? What can man give us? We are nothing. We are nothing without him. Please hear me, beloved. Do not be deceived. Not every trend that sweeps through the church is of God. There are weeds growing up in our midst. Let us have ears to hear what it is the Spirit of God is saying to us.
You see, the enemy doesn't want you and I to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit because he knows something you and I often forget. That's the only way we can access the power of God. The power of self and sensationalism and the wisdom of men will never lead us to the power of God. Jesus said in John 6, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. No help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. We are supposed to be living spirit-controlled lives. Are you being controlled by the Holy Spirit? Who's controlling your life? Let us have ears to hear what it is the Spirit of God is saying to you and I today. You see, if we want his kingdom to come and his will to be done in our personal lives, in our families, in our city, in our nation, on the earth, then we must come back to partnership with his spirit and reliance upon his power alone. We do need a revival. We need a mighty move of recovery in every area of life, but we will not and we cannot ever experience that without leaning entirely upon the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we've got to pick up the ball and throw it back. And we've got to keep picking up the ball every time we drop it and throw it back. We've got to close the door to those other powers that we have been relying on. And we've got to walk straight to the end of that corridor and open the door to the greatest partnership you and I would ever know. We must leave that door open and all the other competing doors closed. Not just visit that door from time to time. When we creak it open and say, I really need your help right now. I'm in a crisis. And then we we get whatever we want, close it, we turn our back, and we leave. And we, we access other things that, you know, are popular. So at the beginning of this year, we received a prophetic word. It wasn't the sensational kind. It wasn't the wow factor that we would put up on our fridges. It was more the low whisper kind, dealing with the basics, the milk of the word, the routine, what we have termed the mundane and unnecessary. I'm going to read it for you. But here in the mundane, we have the prophetic word for you and I in this church. You see, God has called this church to do something 
specific in the city. We are not going to be able to fulfill our commission unless we come back to partnership with his spirit and reliance upon his power alone. All our energies will be in vain. We'll be busy, but we will be trading religion. Jesus paid a hefty price for you and I to stay in cooperation with his Holy Spirit. I'm going to read the word. Make more room for me. Beloved, how I long to give you more. Oh, how I long to give you an abundance of my spirit. Imagine that. He longs to give us an abundance. And we are crying out for more of him. Somewhere there's a disconnect. Somewhere we've dropped the ball. Somewhere we've come into partnership and cooperation with things that are other. Will you make more room for me to fill, says the Lord? For it is a time to grow more, go more, and sow more. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains for your habitations be stretched out. Grow even more in my spirit. Sow even more to my spirit. For I have determined that rivers of living water would flow from you and bring life to all the nations. There's no other way to bring life to the nations but by his spirit. So do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for I seek to give you more. Oh, how I long to draw your increased interest towards my fuller purpose. Did I not send you? Did I not say go? Yes, and I say it again, go my beloved. Go into all the world for the gospel must be proclaimed. I have set you as a light against the backdrop of this world's darkness. So be like the wise and shun the ways of the foolish. Trim your lamps. Keep them filled with the precious oil of my spirit. For you are sent as a light into all the earth. Now is the time to make room for me, says the Lord. To enlarge my place in your heart and in your life. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. The Lord brought us this word in January. How are we doing with making more room for the Lord? How are we doing in sowing more to his spirit and growing more in his spirit? Let's stand. I'm going to ask you just to get into an attitude of worship. And I am going to ask you to close your eyes. Just because I know that so many things distract when our eyes are opened. And I know that the Holy Spirit wants to have a moment with each one of us. Will you heed the warning? Right now, 
because we are in danger of getting on with life as believers without the Holy Spirit. We are in danger of getting on with the commission of God as a church without the critical partnership of the Holy Spirit. What a tragedy that would be, not only for our lives, but for coming generations. Imagine if it was our generation that dropped the ball of partnership and power with the Holy Spirit. Heed the warning. Just in your internal voice, tell him, I've heard the warning. Say, I hear you. And then let's repent. For where you are relying on the power of other things that are not his spirit, not the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the only, only source of God's power. Will you tell him that you're sorry for what you've made it all about? Matt Redman has this song. says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. But it's all about you. And then let's renew our commitment to cooperate with him. Please don't leave this place. Let it be a turning point for your life personally. I guarantee you that when you partner with the Holy Spirit and you give Him your full cooperation, your life will change. The first step is making more room for Him in your heart. Will you just tell him quietly in your heart, help me make more room for you? You see, only you can determine if you will cooperate with him. Only you can throw the ball back. And only you can determine how regularly you will keep that ball going back and forth between you and him. Renew your commitment to partnership with him. Will you tell him that you choose to live a spirit-controlled life? 
some of us have not heard the low whisper of God for weeks, months, years. Some of us have never heard it. I'm going to ask you to step out in faith right now and ask him to give you a low whisper and then listen for it. Lord, you have spoken loudly and clearly this morning. We have heard you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that you take the lion's part of this partnership. You do all the heavy lifting. Because you know our frame. You've said, just come. Just come. And so, Lord, we turn into you. We turn into partnership with your spirit. We choose to make this day a turning point in our personal lives and in our church life. Will you help us? Will you help us? Will you be our strength where we are weak? Will you show us how? Will you help us? We ask it together in the name of Jesus Christ.